What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We're going to be looking at and you know talking about and reflecting on the most recent game week, where we saw some headline results and you know shock shock results to say the least. And yeah, I think it's it's safe to say that this was a very exciting game week and we saw some big teams get some big results some smaller teams at the bottom get some huge results and we will touch on on those we will touch on those in due course i feel that it's only right to start from the first game and then end with the the last game of the game week so the first game of the game week was Sheffield United versus West Bromwich Albion. And we'll end off with Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea. And we'll we'll be talking about their form, their re- most recent form in the last five games. We'll be talking about the match itself, both teams, um, how they fared in, in each game. And I'm going to try and keep it as clinical and short as possible. So, also just a reminder, not, re- not really a reminder, but just to get, let you guys know that I will be trying to upload at least once a week and um, maybe twice, depending how, you know, how the, the audio it plays out um, in terms of splitting the actual audio into more episodes. But uh, that's if I talk about various other topics within the piece of audio. So yeah, I'm excited and uh, hope you guys enjoy. So let's start off with the first game of the game week. We saw two teams play at the same time. Sheffield West Brom and Wolves Arsenal. We'll talk about Sheffield Sheffield's performance at the at the minute. They beat West Brom in in a bottom of bottom of the table clash, 20th versus 19th. And what a what a win it was for Sheffield. They they really dug deep, and uh, Chris Wilder's men really soldiered through that game and came down from a goal behind to win two one. Billy Sharp with the the crucial goal at the end of the game. It's it's quite a quite a story. Him being the a, a Sheffield boy um, through thick and thin, coming from the youth, you know, signing from when he was. X amount of years old. Um, and yeah, he's been at the club ever since. So that was a special moment for him to kind of solidify their their comeback and um, basically what I'm going to get into is, you know, just touch briefly on both teams as how they fared in that game. So I think Sheffield can be really proud of what they've done recently. They've won three of their last five games, and they've been really, really impressive. And they've they're slowly starting to turn around their season with wins at Newcastle or against Newcastle at home. They they've beat Manchester United away from home. That really must have given them a huge confidence booster, and um, it really raised the game for. 
for games such as um, for games against Man City, where they really did dig deep a bit and they they only forced them to scoring one goal. And uh, yeah, they could be really proud of the, those defensive performances in recent times. They managed to dig deep in the West Brom, West Brom game, fighting from from a two from a one goal deficit, and um, they 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 emerged victorious in that in that battle. So I think big things to come from Sheffield. This they currently lie one point off of West Brom in 20th position, and 10 points off relegation at the moment. So yeah, it's um, a real you know, turning point for Sheffield at the moment in time. And West Brom's side, they they could they could seriously be kicking themselves at this moment in time. They won't be happy with that performance simply because they went one 0 up. And now I'm always optimistic about a team like West Brom because now that they've you know they they've cha- changed the managerial role and they've brought in Sam Allardyce, he's never got relegated from the Premier League. So we'll see what they can do in the, the coming weeks if they can pick up crucial points and essentially fight for their survival. And yeah, we'll have to wait and see about that. But they will be kicking themselves. Form-wise, they have won one and lost three and drawn one. So it's not the most, you know, convincing results or it's not it's not the best best situation that they that they're putting themselves in at the moment they're having they're struggling a bit and they, you know uh, a really a dull draw against Fulham where they could have won that game they they couldn't put it to bed and they were 2-1 up Fulham scored an equalizer and they, they couldn't they couldn't you know both teams couldn't find a way to win that game so it's a quite a dull draw in the end of that heavy heavy loss against man city um and yeah i mean they can only build on on these problem areas that they're experiencing holes in the defense lack of goals yeah it's it's quite evident in a bottom bottom tier side or bottom of the table side to not experience an influx of goals while also conceding a handful of goals at the same time so they have to they'll have to really pick themselves up and try and try and like kind of squeeze through results until the end of the season otherwise they will will be in a uphill battle so on to wolves and arsenal which was an unbelievable match to watch it really didn't disappoint only you know a low scoring game 2-1 wolves ended up getting the dub and ending arsenal's seven game unbeaten streak which is you know on an arsenal perspective that was very disappointing because they were on a on a big on a big you know sort of role they had um had you know Good wins in the in the cup in the last couple of seven games, you know, starting with the win at Chelsea, win against Chelsea at um at the Emirates Stadium, beating Brighton, beating West Brom, drawing to Crystal Palace, which is quite anticlimactic, beating Newcastle, beating Southampton, drawing to Man United, 
and you know they ended that win streak or that that unbeaten streak with a disappointing and frustrating loss to Wolves. Um, getting getting two red cards in the game, you know, it's it's disheartening and frustrating to say the least. But it's their own fault. It's the it's the players' fault, and they have to take accountability. I watched a post-match interview with Hector Bellerin, and he said, you know, the it's our fault. We have to take accountability for our actions, and we have to step up. And he's right in saying this because he's he's one of the leaders in the in the group. So. He's allowed to say that, and I, 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 you know, hope Arsenal can can really turn things around for themselves. I'm sure they will. It's a bit of a tricky one because you now got your your starting keeper suspended for however many games. Must be it. It probably will be a three game suspension simply because he it was quite a quite a shocking red card handball outside the box, and. I just feel that well now also Matt Ryan isn't fully fit. He's currently out injured, so they they have to resort to their third choice keeper in Alex Runison, who's to say the least inexperienced and will will be put to the test. And um, Arsenal are going to be quite fragile at the back, having lost Louise as well. So that's you know it was. It was a touch and go red card. I, I personally, I don't think it would have. It should have been a red card. Um, I think the referee got that wrong. I, you know, he was in on goal. He he was in on goal. He was going to score. It was in the box. Good. I good. Um, it was a good decision to award award the penalty, but I would have given in that situation him a yellow card because it wasn't a dangerous and cynical tackle. He he just mistakenly clipped him in the box, which. You know, I agree with the penalty, but I don't agree with the red card. So, unfortunately, Arsenal have to deal with that. And through a Wolves perspective, this is a, a great turning point in Wolves' season simply because they were on shocking form. And a win at home against Arsenal really will boost their confidence and turn the, turn the tide for them at the moment. Because they've come off their last you know, four fixtures before that, having not won a single game. Losing to Everton, West Brom, drawing to Chelsea away from home and losing to Crystal Palace. It's shocking to say the least. So I feel that Nuno and um, his men will be very proud of their performance. And they've, they've been having a bit of a tough time. Not, not, ex, not you know, they've been having a tough time not having the likes of um, Raul Jimenez in their team. Their top striker and... So on Premier League TV, they pulled out a stat was that when Raul, Raul Jimenez was on the pitch, they would win, be winning 50% of their games. Whereas when he was not on the pitch in these, in these recent months when he's been injured, they've won only 17% of their games. So you can see there's a clear correlation to their losses and not having Raul, Raul Jimenez in the, in the squad. So, but, you know, in the most recent game against Arsenal, they're, their big midfielders, their their sharpshooters, Moutinho and Neves stepped up, and I can't I can't stress this enough. You know, Jean Moutinho's goal has to go go down as one of the goals of the season so far. What a strike! It it was honestly the the biggest speculative shot 
well, I mean, not really speculative actually, but so well, well precise. So Jean Moutinho's strike was such a precise shot that, you know, any keeper in the world wouldn't have got there in that situation. Wouldn't have got a touch on that. It was it was just an absolute rocket, and it, you know, it was a post and in um, goal, and it was you know, it was just spectacular. And they really needed that to to have that winner at that time must have shifted the tide for Wolves one hundred percent. On to the last two games of Tuesday night football, we saw Man United and Southampton clash and Crystal Palace and Newcastle go head to head. So we're going to be talking about Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. So it was a, it was a big win for Crystal Palace. They ended a um, a streak of inconsistency um, with their last two fixtures being wins against Wolves and Newcastle. So they, they've taken a turn for the, for the better. They've been having an inconsistent season. It's not been the best for them having, you know, they're having losing three of their last five games. No, actually, they've they've lost two of their last five games, drawn against Arsenal, lost to City, lost to West Ham, and won their last two games. So they're on a good good run of form for a mid-table side. And I think Roy Hodgson can be can be pleased with the boys that you know players like Zaha haven't hit hit the you know the best run of form recently, but other players such as Eberechi Eze and their defenders, you know, Gary Cahill, Jaira Riedewald with their most most two recent goals. You know, the big the big defenders are stepping up for the for the set pieces and yeah, there was really good goals that Pada scored to, you know, they went two 0 up and then no, they actually went one 0 down through John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby scored against in the in the first two minutes against Palace. But yeah, their defenders stepped up and it was all first half goals. And then they held on to to secure a win. Um, a much needed win, actually, against also a a side who has been inconsistent in, re- in results. But you know, had came off a win, Newcastle had came off a win against Everton, where the co- the confidence should have been there to actually pull through a potential draw, you know, and Ended up, you know, not really solidifying anything out of that game. They didn't really get anything. Callum Wilson didn't really feature that much. And, yeah, they, I think Crystal Palace on the day were just the dominant force. And they really, they are taking a turn for the better. So we'll see how that goes. Palace are currently sitting on 13th, level on points with Leeds and Southampton. And Newcastle are currently sitting... In a comfortable position, eight points above the relegation zone, still not too safe. They have a, you know, the bottom. Burnley and Fulham have a game in hand on them, so it's it's not the most comfortable position. But you know, they could they could be. They can't really be satisfied with their efforts because they've only won, one in their last five, which is, shocking to say the least. So they'll need to pick up. Pick up their form quickly if they if they if Steve Bruce wants to wants to guide them to safety, they they're going to need to start performing and they're going to need to start putting in the goals and and converting their opportunities. The biggest game or the biggest scoreline of the 
the game week, Manchester United beat Southampton 9-0. No. 9. That's joint. Well, they, equal, they equaled their best ever win or their highest scoring ever win against Ipswich in 95 um, with the same score, 9 no. And they equaled Leicester's record of um, 9 no versus Southampton. So on, on that aspect, you know, Southampton have been at the brunt of two heavy defeats in the last year and a half, which is not something you need to, you know, you need to have in your, in your history books for any team. It's, it's not something you can look back at positively. You, you have to move on as a side and it, it must be especially tough on Ralph Hasenutl because he experienced both of those 9-0 losses. So I feel for them. And they've been on decent form this 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 campaign, you know. Inconsistent, not not like as inconsistent as other teams, but it's been a tough run in the last five games. They've had to they've been struggling um in the last five games picking up only one win in the last five. And that came at Liverpool on the 4th of Jan. So that's a month without a win. Four losses on the bounce. It's something you, something you need to rectify instantly. You need to forget about those results, but identify the mistakes and build on that. I'm optimistic for Southampton because they are a good team. They've got really solid players and um, you know what I I just feel that if they want to hit the ground running again Danny Ings is is going to have to start putting it in the back of the net you know and it's it's not the best time for any team because of injuries COVID it's it's a shit one so we'll see how Southampton actually deal with it and we'll see, you know, who they put in their defensive centre-back pairing because now Bednarek is suspended. And, you know, they've they've got midfield blows. They've 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 got a couple of injuries where, you know, Carl Walker-Peters is one of the injuries that they have to deal with right now. Um, he's been instrumental down the right-hand side of the, of, you know, fullback of the fullback position. Optimistic for Southampton to... F- try and push for a middle mid-table position but yeah we'll see what happens and now onto united who who can be so so proud of what they've done um recently you know nine different scorers that that including an own goal by bednarek in the in the in the you know monumental history making um win against southampton nine nil they can be happy with their all-round performance because they they dominate Southampton. They put them on the back foot all the time, and they they didn't give them they gave them an, they gave them a minor sniff when Shea Adams you know scored and it got ruled out by VAR. But other than that, their wing backs performed. Shaw and Juan Bissaka were 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 not making any mistakes defensively. They were putting beautiful crosses into the box. You know they they. Even without Pogba, they, they they managed to exceed expectations. And, you know, Cavani was on form. Martial came off the bench and he was on form. Fernandez obviously scored a penalty. <laughs> you know, what 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 other what other type of goal would he score other than a penalty? But 
they they're moving on to big things and you know they've had an inconsistent last five games they haven't they can't be really satisfied with that loss against Sheffield and they've obviously built on that and you know they they're picking up clean sheets which is always good as as everyone says clean sheets when you championships goals when you title um when you when you games but but the the clean sheets when you titles so yeah we'll see how united fare in their in their next game and they sit second two points in front of leicester three points behind man city and yeah they're going strong currently the manchester clubs are really dominating the league at the moment So now let's go to the rest of the games. We see we saw Manchester City convincingly pick up three points again, their twelfth straight win in all competitions. You know they dispatched a Bernie side who were and picked up a clean sheet. They dispatched a, a Bernie side who was you know pretty much in the form of their life at the moment. And they they did they did the job, you know. They they put a three at the back, Pep Pep um, positioned um, Laporte on the left, Stones and Diaz in that in that central role, and um, Cancelo down the right. And so Laporte act, acted as that left centre back slash left left back. They had no Sinchenko in there, but so they had. Uh, they had a well-rounded team and it worked for them on the day. They they put they put Bernie to bed in the first half and kept a clean sheet, which is, you know it wins you titles. So they currently sit at on forty-seven points, three points in front of United, and seven points in front of Liverpool, the champions, with one game in hand. And you know, Pepin Pepin his men can be very satisfied with with their title challenge at the moment. Burnley, on the other hand, you know, they'll be kicking themselves a bit. Obviously, it's always tough to to play against City, home or away. They they are in a comfortable-ish comfortable comfortable -ish position. Not too much. Um, they've got a game in hand on Newcastle and they sit on 22 points, eight points above the relegation zone. So they'll be looking to build on their recent form. Two wins in the last five. So yeah, all I think all good from Sean Dyche's men. He he seems to be putting in the hard graft in training. And you know, Burnley are a side who really know the ins and outs of the Premier League. They know how to survive, they know how to play against tough opposition and get results. We saw that against Burnley and against um a team like West Ham, where they pulled off big wins. So yeah, on to Leicester versus Fulham. We've seen that Leicester have picked up another three points with a solid performance. You know, James Justin putting in the goals, um, and them keeping a clean sheet. James Justin scored. Madison assisted both times. Kalechi Iheanacho, um, you know, coming in for Ayozi Perez at, at the striker role, at the attacking role. And 
they they you know put put two past Fulham who are currently struggling and they it was a convincing win for them. And I think, you know, obviously they've been missing Vardy in the most recent times, haven't been at the, the best form. You know, it's been consistent. Um, you know, in their last five, they've picked up three wins, drawn once and lost lost once. So they're on they're in a good position at the moment. They're currently in a Champions League position, third um, third in the table, and they are two points in front of Liverpool. And, you know, they could be very, very satisfied with their, their progress at the moment. I feel that it, it seems like, you know, Brendan Rodgers had, has his players and he has his starting eleven. You know, besides all the injuries, especially to Wilfred and Didi, um, that, that kind of blows the, that, that um, defensive holding midfielder role open. You having the likes of having um, Mendy, you know, Palace Mendy having having to cover cover in there for him. That's a big loss. Also, Jamie Vardy having been injured for this part of the past um, two three games, it's not been the the best for them. But they've managed to managed to pick up some form, and they can only build on on this. Speaking about Fulham, they are in a bit of a tough situa- situation as they. Fulham haven't picked up a win in their last five. They've picked up only two points out of a possible fifteen. I mean, their last their last win was against Leicester last year um, in in November, and that, that was um, you know that was a while ago. And they they need to start picking up their form. I feel that if Fulham continue drawing and losing and inconsistently um you know going about these games you know consistently not not getting attacking returns you know defensive problem problems they're going to get eventually relegated so i think you know the time the tide is it has to turn for scott parker you know he has he has to implement you know some sort of you know change in formation or new new player within that squad, within that starting 11 to, to turn the tide. So I feel that Fulham are in a tricky position and eight points off safety. So they'll have a, they're in an uphill battle at the moment. Let's go on to Everton versus Leeds. Everton picked up a crucial three points, really solidifying their position within the table. They currently sit on seventh with two games in hand on the on the teams above them um, from second to sixth they if they win those two they could you know if they get results there they you know they'll jump into to level points with Leicester and uh, into fourth position so I feel that you know Everton are are constantly on a um, a learning curve they they They've been con- inconsistent in results. You know, they they would lose one, they would win, they would draw here, they would win. So it, it's up and down. You know, their last five results have been two wins, two losses, and a draw. It's inconsistent to say the least. I mean, you you jumping, you chopping and changing. 
but you know big things coming from from this team you know it's exciting to watch them and they have two games in hand so that puts in them in a good position to make make european football those two games in hand are crucial because you you're ahead of tottenham you're ahead of arsenal you currently sit in seventh level on points with chelsea and they they performed well they you know they stuck it out against leeds leeds being such a high pressing team they they managed to shut them out completely you know leeds you know they didn't put in put away their opportunities they could have easily won that game if they'd if they'd converted um, their their attacking returns if they tried tried to you know i don't know they they i think i feel that they did all they could in that game but i think touching on leeds right now they they're in order also a bit of a rough position because you know it's it's not the best stat to have the the most the second most goals conceded and you you know you lie in eleventh where you could lie in the in the top half of the table. It's not the best situation because they have such they have such a confusing and different method. Not confusing, but they have a they also tactically he plays a different game to to other teams, which puts them on the front foot all the time, but leaves them exposed, ridiculously exposed at the back. So I feel that you know, I, I don't see Marcelo Bielsa changing the ways of how he's doing it, but I just feel that something has to has to turn for them in order for them to concede less goals, to to rise up that table. But this, you know, being obviously they 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 strive for the manager and the players strive for constant improvement, and I just feel that Leeds are a team who are unpredictable. Predictable in their attacking ways, but are unpredictable in a you know a footballing sense. You never know what what could happen, where they could be, where they could finish on the table, you know, who they're gonna lose to, who they're gonna win against. It's unpredictable in that way, but a really regimented and stylish um, way of playing. So I feel if if they get a mid-table finish this season, which they currently are in, they can deem that as a a great season and hopefully they don't turn into a one season wonder like Sheffield. I feel that, you know, their, their players are confident enough and, you know, good enough to sustain Premier League status for a couple of seasons, but we'll have to wait and see. On to West Ham versus Villa. That was a, a great day for West Ham. We're going to touch on West Ham right now. West Ham, won that game 3-1 David Moyes gave his first Jesse Lingard his first start at the Hammers and he you know he put up the numbers he he scored two goals and Antonio assisted him twice so Thomas Socek being the the other scorer besides Jesse Lingard he picked up his eighth goal of the season and currently you know has scored more goals than Raheem Sterling, the same goals as Marcus Rashford and more goals than Sadio Mane in the league, even Roberto Firmino. It's it's quite astonishing to see a midfielder, a, a you know a box to box midfielder step up like that, much like Ilkay Gundogan, 
be in a team like, you know, being in a team like West Ham, Thomas Socek, you know, is really having the freedom to, to drive forward and, and, and he's he's a really good finisher. Like his his finish against Villa was was exceptional. It was, you know, it was like a, it was a striker's finish. I I could see Antonio being in that position and finishing like that. I could be, I could see, you know, Aguero being in that position and finishing like that. Not Thomas Sochik, but, you know, he really did step up. It was quite mad. It was quite crazy. So, yeah, West Ham are on a big run of form right now. They currently sit fifth in the table and they've, they've won their last four out of five games. They can be very happy with where they sit. You know, I just feel that they they might it, it's in they're in a good run of form. They might not, you know, be there, be in fifth position come the end of the season. But I feel that they're really pushing for that top ten finish and and it could it could come. The Premier League is so unpredictable right now that any team from finish, you know, placing from th- third until eighth or ninth could finish anywhere between those positions. But yeah, West Ham are in a great position at the moment and they could be really proud with how they performed. Lingard is a a perfect acquisition for West Ham right now. Um, That was his first Premier League game of the season and he he scored a brace. So, you know, I'll be putting him in my my fantasy pretty soon. Aston Villa, on the other hand, having lost their second game in a row... Sorry, my mistake. Aston Villa, having lost their second game in three games, can be disappointed with that. They, you know, they've also been a a team that's really stepped up this campaign. So they can be proud of what they've achieved so far. They sit in ninth position. Currently, also only twenty games played, two games in hand on on teams like Chelsea, West Ham. And uh, one game in hand over Tottenham. And, you know, they've got two games in hand over Arsenal, who sit in 10th at the moment. So they can be happy where they, where they stand compared to last season when they were fighting a relegation battle, a survival battle, you know. They, they you know, performed the great escape last year. And so they can be very happy with where they stand and the way their players are performing. It's just unfortunate that they conceded those two Jesse Lungard goals because... You know, they were those shots were straight at Emmy Martinez. He should have saved them, but sometimes it slips through slips through and you you have to rectify that as a keeper. So yeah, not the best of performances by Villa, but I expect them to to recover and I like Dean Smith's project that he's going that he's got going here, especially with that with with his team at the moment, the the likes of Grealish, Watkins, Ross Barkley. It's it's a great team, you know. They're defensive, you know. They got their defensive players. They've got Tyrone Mings in there. They've got Esri Concept stepped up, has stepped up. Matt Target, Matt Cash was the new acquisition at right back. Emmy Martinez has been instrumental, um, and he makes countless saves during the game. So it, it really keeps them in games. But they just need to start establishing more clean sheets and. Um, you know, actually, let me retract my statement. They need to start 
you know, putting games to bed and competing within, you know, those those big games such as against West Ham, Burnley, where they did lose. They've got the second um, most clean sheets in the Premier League. So on that front, they're, they're performing well and with two games in hand. So optimistic for them. Next, on to the biggest shock of the game week. We saw Liverpool, the champions, lose back-to-back games. Two games, two home games on the spin after a 66 unbeaten streak. 66-game unbeaten streak at Anfield, and now they've lost two on the bounce to Burnley and now to Brighton. Kudos to Brighton. They've defended extremely well. They were clinical at the front. They took their chances. And Liverpool, again, did not take their chances. And I cannot stress this enough that, you know, Klopp must be so frustrated and kicking himself. You know, the players must be kicking themselves simply because they're not pulling their weight. And it's also the, you know, now that you've got these two, you know, new defenders, Ben, um, ben Davies and and Ozan Kabak, they've come in and now you can kind of rebuild your defense and try and still experiment with those those combinations. It just, yeah, the this season compared to last, just Liverpool haven't hit the ground running as as they hoped. And, you know, they're, so, they're sitting in fourth position, seven points off the top. They will be kicking themselves. They will be frustrated at the at this moment in time, simply because they, they've, they've not picked up the consistent form that they so dearly need to win titles. So I think their aim this season will be top four. I think Klopp did, did uh, state that, that he that his priority is top four. So it, it's a good goal after you know previous season successes in the Champions League and the Premier League. So I think Liverpool will bounce back. They, they definitely will bounce back. They just need to get their centre-back pairing right. It's unfortunate that Alisson is getting injured so much. They've also got a, you know, not too much of a problem there. Their young, their young keeper, Kelleher, is stepping up. So they need their other players to step up, their front three to step up. Mane, Salah, Firmino need to get in on the goals. They're... And players like, you know, it's, it all filters from the defense right down to the attack. So I think once the defense is solid, then you'll see the change within the rest of the team. We haven't seen Alexander-Arnold or Robertson putting in spectacular deliveries into the box. You know, they, they haven't been create, creating the best chances, but they're still putting the delivery in the box with no ultimate finish on the on the on the end of the the striker such as Firmino or Salah or Mane or whoever's in the box so yeah the only thing that they can do is put this behind them and you know try and experiment more within the center back pairing and i want to see Jordan Henderson in the midfield again because he needs to he needs to start playing them again. There again, he's wasted at centre back. I just I feel that obviously you want to put some experience within the within the team, even though you don't have your defenders available. You want to put that experience in them, but 
On the other hand, Jordan Henderson isn't a centre back. You can't expect him to deliver a centre back performance and get a clean sheet when he's not a centre back. So it's it's a tough time for Liverpool at the moment, but we'll we'll see. I I back them to bounce back. Brighton, on the other hand, have really solidified their place um, away from the the relegation zone. Ten points in front of 18th, and they now sit in 15th on a really good run of form, actually. Three wins in their last five, and they they're looking good. You know, wins at Tottenham, wins at wins against Liverpool. It's it's looking good for them. I I really respect Graham Potter as a manager. The tactics he puts in place, the 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 philosophy there, the the team that he puts out, the players all buy into that system, and they are experienced and they you know they you can see that they have the hunger. Especially having Lewis Dunkett captain, you know, you he's he's got he's the most experienced player in that team. And you you know you're getting your lucky break. Like they got their lucky break against Liverpool. They they it was a you know it was a well worked goal, a good build up play. They got a bit lucky on the finish, a minor deflection. But you know they they converting the difference is that they're converting the opportunities. And that when they're getting them, they're taking them. So I think that's the difference between them. That was the that was the clear difference between them and Liverpool on the night. And they defended like Trojans, like they they looked like gladiators when they were defending. They just, you know, those teams are so good at keeping keeping big teams at bay because they get their lucky break. They take their chance early on. They score their goal and then they sit back park the bus you know they have a system there and it works and often you can't if you don't break that system you won't be able to to win the game or even get a result out of it so kudos to to brighton they're on great form and onwards and upwards for them finally the last game of the 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 game week we saw Chelsea take on Tottenham Hotspur. And this was Thomas Tuchel's third game in charge. And uh, they got the W. Second second win for Tuchel's men in the last three games. Unbeaten under, under Thomas Tuchel's reign. And they could be really happy with that because they, it was a much-needed win when they were most players were out of confidence you know i like Tuchel's system now they've really um you know some players have come into the scene such as marcus alonso cesar aspiliqueta starting more the club captain he's taking the armband and he's really leading the squad as a whole and you've got the likes of Jorginho in there you know back in the squad and you can see that Tuchel's experiment, still experimenting with these players for his for his starting line, for his like first team starting lineup. He's still experimenting on that side. So it's good that Chelsea are are, are getting back to winning ways because they're they they so dearly need this after poor performances um, under Frank Lampard. I think this is a huge turning point for them. You know, three, two of their last two games, 
their last two games have been have been wins Con- not convincing wins but clean sheets nonetheless three three the the first three games of Tuchel's managerial career at at Chelsea have come in clean sheets and it's it's been great it's been great to watch them and I'm happy for them now they're climbing the table they're currently in sixth position level on points with Everton and their goal is top four they're pushing for that you know at the beginning of that season you know Frank Lampard signed all these players you know um Havertz, Werner, Chilwell, Mendy so many players in anticipation to challenge for the title and to win the league and unfortunately their you know recent performances how the season have gone their season has gone so far they haven't so that hasn't sufficed that hasn't come into um play so they will be at the moment they'll be aiming for top four they currently sit you know four points behind liverpool and fourth so it's it's doable on their on their on their standpoint, and I feel that big things to come under under Thomas Tuchel. On a Tottenham Hotspur point of view, not the greatest run of form. They could they will be kicking themselves. The players Mourinho will be so angry at them for not pulling their weight because they're not taking their chances at the same time, and they're losing games, losing crucial games. They've lost three on the spin against teams where they could have won or they could have beaten them they could have drawn you know it's it's been a tough one for Tottenham as a whole they haven't got a clean sheet in six and they're struggling for goals at the same time they're really missing a big asset in Harry Kane they're currently experimenting on that right hand side They've got the likes of Bale, Lamella, Bergwijn, and Lucas Moura, who haven't really solidified that starting position. They've had to chop and change on that side. And at the same time, Son is not performing in, in recent games. They're really struggling on that on that point, on that on that, that goals front. Ken is a huge miss. And yeah, he's been out for for two and a half games. He got substituted at halftime against Liverpool. So Mourinho has to pick these guys up because he's not, you know, he's expecting huge performances from them and they're not delivering on that standpoint. So they have to really pick themselves up there and they have to start winning games in order to challenge for that top four because they sit in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position. They are seven points off the top four three points behind Everton in seven, in, in eighth position. And, you know, they, they've got a team like Aston Villa creeping up on them, one point behind them with a game in hand. So everything has to change for Tottenham right now, everything. They need to establish a, a consistent striker. Carlos Vinicius started their last game against, against Chelsea. Had a huge chance, didn't convert. He should be scoring. You know, it's it's not a not a un, it's unexcusable. But at the same time, inexperienced deals his first first start of the the Premier League campaign. Yeah, and 
I just feel that Mourinho, I, I back Mourinho so much, but I just feel that, you know, they've fallen off the bandwagon a bit. They need to start reestablishing some form. And I think, I just feel that they, they can in their upcoming fixtures. They play West Brom on Sunday. So I feel that if they get a W there, convincing W, they can start to pick up the pieces from from their most recent um, losses. So that wraps up my analysis and um, you know recap on the most recent game week. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I will see you for the next episode.